Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When the, his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Lord, thank you for your word today. Father, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, Lord, we are, we are blessed by these words. And Lord, we look forward to the soon return of your Son. Father, living in times such as this, we know that we need you. And at the end of the day, Lord, all we have is you. So I ask today, Father, that you would, you would speak to hearts that, Lord, as these words have, have rushed over our ears this morning, I pray that we would take time to contemplate the power in the story of Christ's birth. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that your word is true. May this time of reflection, this time of baptism bring glory to you, Lord. That is why we're here in your most holy name. Amen. You know, as, as we're looking at this this morning, I, I want us to think about that word, Emmanuel, God with us. How many of us look for God in our lives on a daily basis? Something goes wrong. There's, there's a problems in the world, and so we look to Christ. And I think the comforting word in the word Emmanuel, the, the, the message that we do not need to look over, is the fact that no matter what we're going through in life, that Christ is there. He's available to us. And, and we, we may know that, and we may say, yeah, I agree to that, but, but we need to live in that, that no matter what we're going through in this world, we understand that Christ is there, that He is God with us. You look at a at a picture of all the religions in the world, there is not one religion where the God, the deity in that religion came to earth in order that people might know him. The, the God of the Bible is the only God that that does. In all the religions in the world. And, and so as we're looking into this fact this morning that Christ is not just a baby in a manger. Christ is not just a, a story that we see in the book, but Christ is the Word of God. And what we've read this morning should excite us a little bit because this is the Word of God come true. How many of you guys like to see things come to pass? Maybe something that you worked hard for. Maybe you're, you're, you're searching out a degree. Maybe it's a high school degree or college degree. Maybe uh, 
You know, maybe you've worked through relationship problems, or you've 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 worked in the church to build programming, and you've you've worked in the church to advance the gospel, and and and, and then you see fruit. There's nothing greater than that. We love to see fruit, don't we? You know, the baptism this morning is a is a you know it's it's great. It's a result of family. It's a result of a church. It's a result of a youth pastor. It's a result of a camp happening. And all of this happens because Christ came. You guys catch the picture here. All blessings truly do come from God. I can't take credit. Youth pastor can't take credit. Deacons can't, can't take credit. Even families, we cannot take credit for what God does. And as what we're looking at here this morning, this picture of God in flesh, this idea that He has come and, and He is giving us um, this idea of incarnation, we don't use that word on a daily, but you know, God is, through His Son Jesus, it's that incarnation of, of, of His Son to us. And, and just to, to kind of just throw it out there, most of us know this, but Jesus wasn't just a baby, but Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. We, we don't need to overlook that. The, the fact that he was 100% deity, he was 100% divine, but he was also 100% man. Why, why is that? I, I can't understand all the logistics of everything, why God does some of the things he does. But what I do know is that he loved us so much that he sent his son to be in the flesh so that that flesh could bleed. And that through that blood we have salvation. Scripture teaches us that's Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And so Christ had to come. In short, Christ had to come in order that we might be saved. Now, he didn't have to come, but here's the thing. He loved us so much that He came. So Christmas is so much sweeter to me today, not because of a story, not because of trees, not because of the pageantry of, of the manger scene. It is sweet to me because these are the words of God come true that man might be saved. This is, this is the essence of the Christmas story. In verses 22 through 23, we see a reason why Jesus came. Why all of this happened. Why, why there were uh, shepherds. Why there were wise men, why there were, um, you know, some of the cartoons, they got these talking donkeys and stuff now, and it's kind of cool, you know. Um, but they have all these characters involved in this story, but the focus of the story, the focal point of the story is Jesus, and why did he come? He come that we might be saved. That's so much different than the picture that we get from the world of what Christmas is about. I hear a lot of people, they get excited about Christmas. Like, for them, the, the highlight of Christmas is the Hallmark Channel, right? The highlight of Christmas is presents. The highlight of Christmas is shopping. The highlight of Christmas is the music. I love all those things, except the Hallmark Channel. I love all those things, okay? I, I do. I, I enjoy, like, as soon as, as, soon as uh, the radio starts playing Christmas music, sometimes before we start listening to Christmas music, that we, Joni and I, we just love Christmas music. But it's not because of the sound. It's not because it's Bing Crosby or, or Perry Como or Dean Martin or whoever. It's not those guys that we're, that we're excited about. It's, it's the message that is in their songs, the spirit that is in their songs. And the spirit is that Jesus came to die for all people. Some of you are like, you keep saying that. You bet I keep saying that. That's the message of Christmas. Honestly, as a, as a minister of the gospel, the only message I have is that God loved the world so much that he sent his son to die for us. 
Because apart from that, we're all hopeless. If we're just coming together as a church and talking about how to live our lives, how to spend our money, how to make decisions, those are great things to talk about within the church. But if it's not based in the gospel of Jesus Christ, it will fall apart. I've seen a lot of well-meaning people in the church throughout my life who tried to be good, but it didn't work out for them. I had a conversation with a lady this week, and um, she was talking about this, that, and the other. Well, then she started talking to uh, one of my friends uh, at work there, and she was kind of chiding him as to why he hadn't been coming to their church. And he said, well, just coming to church doesn't save me. Now, just a moment here. Here at the end of the service, I'm going to talk about the importance of church. But let's make a point, okay? She says, what do you mean church doesn't save you? And he said, you know, he says, I've been saved by Jesus. Later on, he asked me, did I say the right thing? I said, you absolutely said the right thing. The lady went on to say, oh, you're one of those. You're one of those once saved, always saved. And he said, well, I guess I am. And he kind of just left it at that. You know, there's, there's not a lot of point in arguing with some people, right? She says, well, I guess you can go out here and just live your life willy-nilly. Now, guys, I'll tell you something. I've heard that my whole life. My whole life I've been taught by my dad, which I'm so blessed to have a father who understood what the gospel was about. I didn't grow up Baptist, by the way. But, but our belief system was the fact that once Christ saves you, you are saved. And, and the thing is, is that whenever you try to construct some mode of, of works in order to obtain salvation, it's going to fall apart. The only way we're saved is through Jesus, period. And so today we look at the story of Christmas not as a, a pleasant story. It, it, it's not that it just brings up great memories from when we were kids or, you know, thinking about Santa Claus and all of this. The Christmas story for the believer, or it should be, is a bright light to the fact that we are saved by the grace of God. And our lives should be lived accordingly. Church doesn't save you. Here's the great thing. I believe that once you get into the walk, you want to be around other believers because you understand that we need each other. I need you folks. You guys realize that, right? This would not be near as fun without people sitting here glorying in the Word of God alongside me. I've I've lived through pandemic. I've sat up here and preached to a camera, and that's it. And I know people were listening on the other end, or at least turned it on. I don't know if they were actually listening, but do we ever know if people are listening? I don't know. Are you listening now? Y'all laughed. I don't know. Is there a laugh sign, maybe an applause sign? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel said something. But, but you see what I'm saying? It, it, the, the work of the gospel, it, it doesn't, we don't have to go to church. We don't have to do all these things. But the thing is, is that it's part of God's plan. And when you're looking into this first chapter of Matthew, this is God's plan in action coming true for you and I today, for his glory. I look at this passage of scripture, it's not just about a baby. It's not just about, you know, I could talk this morning about how righteous that Joseph was. Joseph was a righteous man. He wanted to do the right thing, even in divorce. He wanted to do it the right way, by the law. He wanted to, to be a righteous man, even through all of this. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is not a, a, a virgin, young woman who conceives. And we could go along that and say, well, what a great person she is. There's whole religious systems that are based on the, the perfection of Mary. And as much as I want to 
say, yeah, she was perfect. She was not perfect. She was human. She was just a vessel of the Lord. And so we, we see that through this story, it's not about Mary, it's not about Joseph, it's not about all these things we, we speak about about Christmas. It's about Jesus. And so our lives should all be about Jesus. The reason why all of this happened in verses 22 through 23 is that the word of God was being fulfilled. In Isaiah chapter 7, we read what the writer here, Matthew, what he writes. He says that the virgin, the young woman, will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That, that's actually out of Isaiah. That passage of scripture that was given by the Lord to the prophet Isaiah was now fulfilled. And so we glory in that. If, if it hadn't been fulfilled, we wouldn't be sitting in a church today. There's no telling where we would be today if it wasn't for the grace of God. And you see here where the, the importance of all of this, the reason why this happened, is so that the word of God would be fulfilled. Matthew ties this in with ancient prophecies. That ancient prophecy of a young woman, a virgin, a virgin giving birth. Matthew sees Jesus' birth as the ultimate fulfillment of that prophecy. We need to be a people today who... Read the Word of God for what it's really saying. Don't read it just for peace. Does the Word of God bring peace? Absolutely. Don't read it just for your own well-being. Does it bring good things for our own well-being? Absolutely. But the reason we should read, read the Word of God is so that God is glorified in our lives. That's what God desires of you today. Baptism is not just a, a show. It's not just a, a rite of passage in college, I remember in a religion class I took, they, they talked about baptism pretty in-depthly. And they talked about the different types. You know, there's, there's a, there's a pedo baptism where they baptize kids. And there's, there's, you know, dunking and there's sprinkling. And there's all these kinds of different baptisms. As Baptists, we submerse because of what Scripture really teaches. We see that, about that. But, but all of that aside... Baptism is not, it's not about the rite of passage, and that's what the words kept coming up. I'll never forget it. The instructor kept talking about rites of passage. We should never view that as a rite of passage. That is a, you are declaring who your Savior is, you are identifying with Jesus, and you're saying, I'm a, I'm a believer today. I'm, I'm no longer the same. And so it is with Christmas stories, and so it is with uh, Easter when it gets here, so it is with all these holidays. No doubt you'll hear people say, well, you know, the Christians just, they just stole the pagan holidays and used them. Yeah, they did. They used it to spread the gospel. They, they, they did incorporate greens. They did incorporate the date even. They incorporated a lot of things in order that those who were not walking with God would take note of a different message. A message of hope. A message that is fulfilled here in Matthew chapter 1. That Christ came and was born. Aren't you glad for that message today? Aren't you glad I'm not just up here telling you, man, y'all know Santa Claus is coming this week? Ho, 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 and all of that. that the thing is, is that that's great. I, I love this time of year. I participate in all that. I'm not one that doesn't participate in these activities. We go and see the lights. Joni and I went and spent a bunch of money yesterday. You know, there's all this stuff. I mean, we are true-blood Americans celebrating Christmas, but the reason behind the season is Christ. It's in the name. 
It's in the name. And so when we think about that reason, don't let it just say, yeah, I agree to that, but let it be something that forms you and fashions the way that you view this world. The story of Christmas isn't just for this week. It's not just for the fourth week in Advent. The story of Christmas goes year-round because at this moment we see the Word of God come true. We see it happen, this idea of a fulfillment of prophecy. And now some may say, well, how can this be a fulfillment of prophecy if Jesus' name is not mentioned in Isaiah? In Isaiah it says that his name shall be what? Emmanuel, right? God with us. Now why is that? Well, Jesus can't, that name comes from the Greek that means the same as Joshua. Everybody remembers who Joshua is, right? Joshua was the great leader who came after Moses. He led the Israelites uh, from the wilderness into the promised land. And his name, Joshua, literally means God is salvation. Yahweh is salvation. It's literally what his name means. It's a good name, huh, Josh? Joshua. <laughs> Joshua's like, yeah, that's what my name means. God is salvation. But that, isn't that awesome? Like, my name's Daniel in Hebrew, and it means uh, God is my judge. It's pretty cool, I guess. Y'all can't judge me. God's my judge. Ain't that what everybody says nowadays? God's my judge. Well, you better be scared. If he's your judge, then you better be scared. But as you're reading through this, this idea, yeah, his name in, in the New Testament is it's Joshua. It means Yahweh is salvation. Emmanuel means God is with us. Those, are, those means the same thing. God is with us. God is our salvation. You guys see that the story of Christmas is more than just baby Jesus in a manger. Sing some kind of song that sounds cute and lambs and stars and angels. It's more than that. It's God coming to be our salvation. And we see it in the Old Testament and we see it in the New Testament. And praise be to God, I see it and I feel it in my life today. I can't brag about anything. As a matter of fact, I am one of those people. I've been saved, and it's not because of my works. I've been saved by the, the goodness of God. And so God with us, it's not the exact same words, but we understand that Jesus' birth is the fulfillment of this Isaiah seven fourteen passage. Because Matthew tells us that Jesus, born to Mary and Joseph, is the fulfillment of the prophecy. Jesus is Emmanuel. Aren't those good words? I love a God who's victorious. I love, a, I, love a, a, I love when something works great. I like it when I get in the car and I start it and it starts. You know? I like it when I don't have a flat tire. I like it when I, uh, Joni and I, we went to a, an Asian restaurant yesterday. I love it when a meal is just awesome and you're like, I will be back here, you know? Man, that curry was just amazing. I love good Asian food and it, it was great. We're walking out of there and there was a cupcake shop next door. I didn't even go get a cupcake. You know, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. That meal was so good, I don't even need a cupcake. Honestly, as we were walking in that restaurant yesterday, I was like, I'm going to need a cupcake. Because Chinese food, you're hungry within like 30 seconds, right? Some of you are like, enough with the Chinese food jokes, Daniel. You've mentioned it like every week of Advent. But I love Chinese food. Jesus is greater than the darkness. Jesus is greater than whatever this world brings to us. This passage is, it shows us how the incarnation is important to remembering Advent. It shows us that. How does it show us that? This passage reminds us that Jesus is both human and divine. I've already mentioned that today, but I want you to think about it again. He was human and divine. 
It reminds us that God became human. He, he left everything that he could have wanted or done. All the glory that is in heaven. He left that in order to become human and to walk in flesh. And the reason is because he loves you. Those are good words, aren't they? He loves you. Johnny, we've been watching a show about uh, the Queen of England. Uh, and and it's, it's a great show. You know, it's a lot of history, so I'm, I'm digging it. Thanks, Jimmy and Kim. Yeah, it's a good one. But as you get on it, the story kind of gets depressing because you kind of just start seeing the, you know, the Britishness of it, you know. We can't go over there. That's not what a queen does. The queen talks cockney. I know, I've got a terrible accent, but. But there was, a, there was an occurrence in, in, their, in their country, in, in, the, in, the, in well, the area of Wells, there was a, a great mine collapse. It killed a bunch of kids, and the queen wouldn't go. And the reason she wouldn't go is because she says that's not what queens do. Guys, I want to tell you something today, that Jesus came. It's not something that God does, but he did it, and I thank him for it. He came. He left that palace so that you and I could, could experience life that we could, you know. And it, the thing is, is that everything that we go through in this life that's bad, you guys realize COVID is an effect of sin? I've made people mad about that before. Well, you can't say that that's an effect of sin. It is an effect of sin. This world is in a degenerative process. It's breaking down. Our only hope is in Jesus. The hope that we see in Matthew 1 is that hope. It is that hope. This passage reminds us that, that Jesus, he wasn't just a man. He wasn't just a baby. People get lost into Jesus and Emmanuel. What do you call him? Is it, yes, what, what's his name? It, all of this is great to study, but the point of the matter is today he is our salvation. He is our salvation. Matthew puts it, saves his people from their sins. I, I like that quote. And he will save his people from their sins. Now, who's his people? You might, you might have that question, right? You might have that question. Who, who, is, who are the people of God? Who are the people of Jesus? Who are they? John 3.16, right? It's everyone. John 3.16 says, For God so loves the world. That baby in a manger is not just a story. It is a pivotal moment in human history. It's where God came down in flesh so that you and I might be saved. Isn't that a beautiful part of this story? So what does that do for you and I today? How does that change us? It should change us, the, the, the idea of all of this. J.I. Packer says the Christmas message is that there is hope for a ruined humanity. Everybody say amen. There is hope for a ruined humanity. Hope of pardon. Hope of peace with God, hope of glory, because at the Father's will, Jesus Christ became poor and was born in a stable so that 30 years later, he might hang on a cross. It's God's plan come true so that you and I might have hope, so that we're not just surviving, hoping we can make it through the week. I find my joy in life, and I have, to, I have to rely upon it. And it's not always easy. You guys can relate to this. Because as soon as you pay a bill, what comes up next? <laughs> it's time to pay it again, right? I called yesterday. It was like our cell phone bill. And they said, you have a zero balance. And I'm like, I didn't even get excited because I'm like, I know it's a zero balance, but really I owe for next, next go-round too, right? 
I owe for those phones. I owe for, you know, all that stuff that, that we think we have to have in this day and age. But the thing is, is that when it comes to Jesus, he is that ultimate hope. We can get through anything in this world. We can get through sickness. We can get through loss because of the hope of Christ. And that hope of Christ, that, that trueness of Scripture, that Word of God. Think about this for a moment. We, we just said this morning that the Word of God came true in Matthew chapter 1. The Word, the literal Word became true. John 1 tells us that Jesus is the Word. And that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is, this is the story of Christmas. This is the glory in it. And so you and I as a church, we have a glorious news to proclaim. We have a good word. The government, they're, they're, I would hate to be a politician because they never have a lot of good stuff to talk about. But every week as a, as a minister of the gospel, I get up here and get to tell people good news. It's, it's a great news. We, you know, Josh, thank you all for stepping in. You all did an awesome job, Jimmy. It was just beautiful this morning. That music, it was, I, was, I was listening. It's good news. The, the words that are, that are there in the, in the, in the, in the notes, it's, it's a good news. So there's a call to you and I today. There's a call to you and I today. Man's call during this Advent season, and really Advent season, we say it ends today or ends on Christmas or whatever. Advent season for the believer is continual until Jesus returns. We are expecting the soon return of Christ. And so, what is the call? Well, first, I want you guys to understand this. The first thing about the call is that we must receive the gift of God. Okay? Now, I've got three there, but there's a first before the first. Right? Okay? It's like a bill before the bill, right? Okay. But we must first receive Christ as our Savior. You guys agree to that? We can't go on to these next steps until that happens. We must receive Christ. Well, how do you do that? It says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. What we're talking about, Jesus coming and being God in flesh, that, that picture is for you. If you need to be saved, you can do that. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart right now to be saved, you need to do that. The Bible tells us that if we believe in our heart, right, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's not something we do. But if you believe in your heart and then you confess it, you say, yes, I, I accept this free gift of salvation, we will be saved. A lot of us today, we can glory in that because that's happened to us. We've been saved. We, we've prayed. We've, we've said, yeah, Lord, I want to follow you. There's hope in you, as, as Packer says. There's, there's hope in you. There's hope of that pardon in you. If we've been saved, we need to glory in that. And here's our call. First, we need to gather. You guys are going to see this a lot. This, if you checked out our website, forumfbc.org, go on there, check it out. There's an app at Faith Life. Um, you can download that. Look for Porum First Baptist Church. We're going to be starting to put a lot of content on there for you guys. But a theme that I think we're going to look at throughout this year, and maybe from here on out, until you all kick me out or whatever, gather, grow, and go. The purpose in the church. We see this in Scripture. It's not just a, you know, something easy to remember. But we need to be a church that gathers. Amen? During a pandemic, a lot of people, and I understand, I'm not, I'm not on people who are sick today or people who have a severe fear and are like a, maybe, maybe they just can't be exposed because it might hurt, harm them. I get that. But I'm saying if we are healthy Christians, but even aside from that, if we're not able to go to church, we still gather with other believers in whatever way we can. The great thing is we were able to gather 
virtually. We're able to we can gather through the phone. We can gather through the fence. Just because there is a pandemic going on, it doesn't mean that we as a church do not come together to glorify God. We still must come together. In that passage there, I, I didn't put up the words. Uh, you guys can write this down. Um, this is, might be some good notes just to keep throughout the year because you're going to hear it again and again. But, but Acts chapter 2, uh, we read about, about this idea of gathering. Acts chapter 2 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed together and had all things in common. You guys, you understand as believers we have something in common, and so we need to gather. It's not about numbers. I get that. I've read some great articles and, and videos and stuff where they were saying, you know, through the pandemic, what we've learned is that we don't have to come together. We don't, but that shouldn't be our excuse either. We need to be coming together as the church. And it's not just, Josh, it's not just the youth over here, right? It's not the adults over here. I remember when I came on as youth pastor here, you had young church and old church, and people called it that. Young church, old church, and children's church. It was like we were segregating people based on their age. It's the church. It's, it's all of us together, right? And, and so as, as we grow our ministries, as we continue through this pandemic, as we go into 2021, let's make a point to gather together. Young, young people, y'all need to find you some, some good, good old people. And I'm talking about me. Y'all need to find some good old people and get around them and, and let them mentor you. Let them pray with you. Let them, let them grow, help, help you to grow in Christ. And you older people, I said older. That sounds better, right? You older people, get around the young people. Sure, you're going to be able to help them through what life brings at them because you've been there, but they're going to help you too. The point is that we all need each other. We need to gather together to glory in God, to get into the Word of God. And that goes on to that second point, grow. Hebrews 10, 25 says that you know we don't need to neglect coming together. We need to come together. We need it. I know we live in a... In, Strange times right now. But whenever possible, we need to come together so that we can grow. There's, there's growth that happens. I believe in this place, not because of Daniel's uh, awesome speaking skills or whatever. It's because of the Word of God spoken today that we grow. I believe you, as the body, have an opportunity to leave this place growing. That you, as the body, uh, you'll be able to grow as you watch another believer in Christ Jesus proclaim his walk. So we gather, we grow, and of course the last point there is we go. We don't just keep it here. We take that message with us. We take it with us. Well, what, what did the, uh, what the shepherds do when they left the stable that night? If you read the scripture, it says they left glorifying God. Not like we do sometimes. Sometimes we're in church and we're glorifying God like this. You know, barely breathing. Your 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 phone, your your uh, your watch is telling you, "Hey, take a breath, dude." <laughs> they were glorifying God. That that that's the the wording there. I mean, it was an out loud, outspoken. There was joy in their faces. Christians, that ought to be us every time we get up and walk out the door, because we have a reason to be joyful. And as we gather, as we grow, we should go. Matthew twenty eight. Go into the world and preach the gospel. 
making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's our call as a church. Baptism shouldn't be a strange thing. And really, in our church, they're not a strange thing. I think we baptize. Pandemic. You know, last year we had we had one of the highest uh, baptism rates in the state of Oklahoma. That's pretty cool. But not bragging or anything, because that's all God. But we ought to have that going on within the church. We ought to have the discipleship thing, the, the, the women's fellowship today. That is about fellowship. That's that idea of gather. Don't be too busy to gather. Don't be too busy in those gatherings to grow together by reading the Word of God. And don't be too busy to evangelize. And why is that? I love this. Matthew 28, the very last words, is Jesus says this about himself. He says, And lo, I am with you always. You guys remember what we just read in the beginning of Matthew? Emmanuel, God with us. And then at the very last verse, the very last chapter, it says, And lo, I am with you always. Church, we're not alone in this. Who cares if there's a pandemic? Who cares if we're going through weird political times? Who, who cares if we're getting older? Who cares if we've got disease? Who cares about these things? Because we have Jesus. And we're able to do the work of the gospel wherever we go. And the message that we see in Matthew today is not all about just a baby Jesus. It's not all about just that kind of stuff. The work, the picture of what we see in Matthew is the fact that he loves us. He never forsakes us. And truly, Jesus is greater than the darkness.